Well, Christmas is three weeks and one day away now, if you can believe it. And the end of the year is coming. And I think that means that for most of us, I would venture to say that we're more tired than usual. Um, And probably looking forward to Christmas or the summer holidays uh, as a time of refreshment and renewal. Let's think about renewal for a minute. Renewal is a very interesting idea. When something is renewed, we take something that's tired, old or worn out, and through some process that it undergoes, it becomes new again, as though it was just made. It's like turning back the clock. And there's something miraculous in that process. And I think we can feel this after our holidays, perhaps when we come back renewed with energy and creativity, as though our sleep, our rest and the fun have literally made us into a new person, ready to start again. So this psalm today, Psalm 103 that we've just read, it's a psalm of renewal. And I think as we read through it, we can see uh, a man like King David who wrote it, who has been tired. He's been worn out. He suffered from sickness and sadness and oppression and injustice, and he is seeking renewal from God. So this is a song about being renewed through a living relationship with God. So if I think for those of us who feel the need for renewal at the moment, it might be worth a look. And what King David does in this song is to remind himself and urge himself to remember who he is and who God is and to remember the way that God acts towards him. I mentioned last week as we began this series that this is one of the what we call the Psalms of reorientation and the things that we're focusing on during Advent where the point of these songs is not so so much for us to learn something new about God but to remember and to turn our attention to what we already know and to encourage and allow ourselves to experience God's love and transformation, even in difficult times. And that's why the key phrase for me in this psalm is one that is the refrain that starts the psalm, and it's repeated and then finishes the psalm, where he says, Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord, my soul. In the popular worship song, uh, which you might know, 10,000 Reasons, um, this phrase turns up in the beginning. We sing it as, bless the Lord, O my soul. And so David here is actually talking to his soul as though it were a friend, a friend who needs encouragement. He says, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. He's talking to himself. He's talking to his soul, which is his heart his thoughts, his inner world, and everything that makes him who he is. And he's saying, what you need to do, my soul, is to praise the Lord and thank him. And don't forget his benefits he's given you. Don't forget his healing, his forgiveness and renewal. And most of us are familiar now with the idea of what you call positive self-talk. It's the idea when we actually sort of sit down and engage in intentional conversation with ourselves, with our own thoughts, our own mindset, and we say positive things that encourage ourselves and change our perspective. So you can tell yourselves in a bad situation, well, this is not so bad. It'll be okay. You can do this. You have friends and people who support you. And that kind of talk can undo some of the negative patterns and thought that we often carry around. And so this is a psalm, I think, of positive self-talk. He says over and over to himself, praise the Lord, my soul. And David often does this in the Psalms, if you notice, he often talks to himself. And he says things like, don't despair, don't worry, remember God. And here he says, praise the Lord, my soul, remember him, don't forget him and don't forget yourself. 
And the rest of the psalm then moves to David saying why he should do this. So why should he remember and praise the Lord? Who is God and who are we and how does God renew us? So firstly, uh, David remembers who is this Lord that he needs to praise. I think we might be one slide back or have I missed it? That's all right. Uh, I must have missed it out. That's okay. So, um, so this is from verses 6 to 12. He outlines these things that Israel or God's people have learned about him over the years. So he says, God is righteous. God is good. God is just. And God is active to set people free. So God speaks and makes himself known to people. He is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, full of love. He's patient, forgiving. And the way that he loves is incomprehensible. And the depths of his forgiveness are infinite. And when God forgives sin, David reminds himself, he doesn't um, just cross it out of a record. The sin is literally taken out of existence. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. So he can't get any further away than that. And finally... David reminds us, he says clearly, God is the father of his children, all of humanity, and he has compassion on his own children as though we would on our own. And Jesus obviously picked this image of God the father up very strongly. And so that's who God is. And who are we? Well, yes, we are the children of God. We're not products of chaos or evil. We're not just animals with a bigger brain. But we're spiritual creatures and images of the divine nature. But even that being true, David reminds us, we are still weak and fragile. We're bendable and breakable. We're not immortal gods. We're not indestructible machines. We're more like a wave that comes up onto the beach for a moment and then goes away. Or we're like a wind that blows through the earth and brings these kind of atoms of our bodies together for a period before they disperse again. So verses 14 to 17 of this psalm are a beautiful meditation on what does it actually mean to be created, to be limited, but to be loved by God nonetheless. So I often read these verses at gravesides when we bury someone in the ground from 103. He says, for we know how he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are but dust. The life of mortals is like grass and they flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and is gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. And so we can hear in these verses the idea that even when we do wear out like a flower does, even when our dust goes back to the dust in the earth, God will still renew us. God will still keep us. That's his promise. Now, this may all seem very nice to reflect on, but perhaps quite obvious to us. If we've been around the church for a while, we know that God is love. We know we're made in God's image and we know that he cares for us. And you may have heard this said many times before. But this kind of gentle, nourishing picture of life and renewal, I think, is actually foreign to the majority understanding of people in the world. Um, And even as Christians who read it, it's not necessarily the case that this is how we live and how we think about ourselves. And the problem comes, we often reverse the order of the thoughts that uh, that David uses here. So in this psalm, we see David starts from his knowledge of God. And then he thinks about what that means for who we are. So he says, God is just and loving. We are fragile and needy, but he loves and cares for us. But often we go the other way when we're thinking about ourselves and others, and the outcome is different. So we might say at the outset, well, look, I'm just dust. I'm going to die one day. I'm wearing out, and everyone around me is the same. 
we're weak, we're mortal, we fail a lot, perhaps we are just trash, we don't deserve um, love, we deserve contempt. And therefore, if this is who we are, then God, if God's real, he must be disappointed or angry and disgusted with us and will punish us or throw us away. So you can see it's a matter of perspective. Where do you start? Without the proper perspective, something that, like us, that's weak and mortal can seem worthless. And the picture of God that comes after this can be harsh or angry or punitive. But when we see things as David does in the light of who God is, God our Father, then we can see that things like us who are weak are precious still and beautiful to him. And that's why he speaks to his soul and he says to remember and to praise the Lord. Don't forget when he heals you and when he forgives you because it speaks to this greater worth and destiny that God has for us. He cares for the creatures that he's made from the dust. And that's why God enters into a relationship with people in the first place rather than destroying them when they get disappointed with them. And the video that we saw showed that pretty, really well. Um, verse 18 of this psalm speaks about the covenant between God and his people, that there is a promise of blessing for those who have trust in God, his faithfulness and his steady love. One of the interesting things um, as you read through the Bible is that we can notice that the Old Testament people of Israel had a very limited view of what we would think of as life after death. It can be rather surprising, actually, to realise that there's actually very little discussion in the Old Testament um, of anything like the possibility of ongoing positive life after we die, um, like the idea of heaven or eternal life that we have in our culture today. It's just actually not really there in the Old Testament. Um, instead, the Hebrew people tended to have the view, um, and it's expressed in some places in the Bible, that when someone dies and their body stops working, that's basically the end of their existence. And the soul, if they thought of it at all, was basically something that would drift off like a mist and fade into this shadowy underworld, sometimes called Sheol. And this is the pit that David mentions in verse 4 in this psalm. This is the pit he doesn't want to go down to, the end of his real life. Instead, these people were focused really very much so on the blessings of life now and the abundance and peace that God would give them in their life in the land and for their children's children after them. But over time, they did start more and more to believe that this is not all that there is. And we can see that as we go through the Bible. Not because they were afraid of dying or they speculated about life after death, but because they became convinced more and more that God really was their father and who had compassion on them and that he wouldn't make people that he truly loved and then let them pass away into shadows. And I believe that this is the basic source of the Jewish belief in the resurrection from the dead. God the Father, who loves his children, will raise them up from the dead and renew their life. And Jesus, of course, fulfilled this hope in his resurrection. If we read in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 42 to 44, the Apostle Paul builds on the images that are in Psalm 103 to express this hope he has of renewal of a resurrection life for weak and mortal people made of dust. So Paul says, So will it be with the resurrection from the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonour, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. 
And so the soul that God has given us, this energy that makes our bodies move and live for a period before they wear out, this soul is our inmost being. And this, Paul says, he knows now, this doesn't just dissipate when we die. It will be raised up and will be breathed into a new body that doesn't wear out, a body that is filled with the Spirit of God and therefore it doesn't pass away. And in that body, we will praise the Lord. As Psalm 103 ends, David turns from thinking about God and us um, to having the perspective that we're not the only things that are going on. There is an eternal perspective we can have, this praise of God that's going on in the heavenly world. In the, from the angels and other servants and spirits from in, God, in God's uh, kingdom. So he says, praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Later in the service, we're going to sing about the angels and our, uh, who praise the Lord when Jesus was born. So I think as we read Psalm 103, we see this is actually a gospel psalm. And it steps us through the good news that Jesus taught and that he lived and which shows us that he fulfills the hope of renewal that David has here and that what he wrote about. So the good news that Jesus brings is that we were created and formed for real loving connection with God, who is the ultimate loving father and maker of everything. And when we fail and when we sin, he forgives us and restores us and heals us and renews us from the inside out. Restoring our soul now and finally restoring our body as well. And Jesus has achieved that renewal for us and he secured it for us now. And so we will be raised up for that new life which won't wear out and will always be renewed. That's what Psalm 103 leads us to believe. And so, as I said at the beginning, most of us are probably tired at the moment, and that's pretty normal. This time of year, the next few weeks are a journey towards the end of the year, and hopefully there's some wonderful celebrations for us all uh, along the way. It's a journey, I think, towards renewal. We look towards the new year and the holidays, and then 2024 after that. But this journey of renewal that the new year brings is actually the same um, across our whole life and every moment within that life. God is moving through us to renew us for the new life he has for us. And that's why when David gets to the end of the psalm, he concludes it in the way that he began it, almost like he's starting again and renewing his, his words. Praise the Lord, my soul, he says, right at the, beginning, at the end. So I encourage you to do the same today. Don't forget who God is. Don't forget who you are. And remember that he has plans to renew us all through Jesus Christ. God knows who we are. He knows we are dust. He knows we're tired, but he has it in his heart to renew us, and he will. So praise the Lord, my son. I'm going to say a prayer. Then we're going to sing about the love of God who seeks after people like us. So let me thank him, and then we're going to sing together. We thank you, God, that... We can trust and know that you are our Father who made us, who formed us from the dust and loves us, and that you desire to renew us and to make us in your image again so that we will forever be able to praise and know you. And we pray that as we come to the end of this year, as our minds, our hearts, our bodies may be worn out with the trials of life, that you would renew us from within.
and lift us up again into your hope and the renewal of your life in the resurrection. So we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.